The Coffee Podcast is sponsored by KitchenAid, whose craft coffee line is changing the way coffee is brewed at home. KitchenAid worked with baristas and coffee experts to engineer a new line of coffee brewers. The KitchenAid Precision Press Coffee Maker enhances the classic French press brewing method with an integrated scale and timer to precisely brew a bold, full-bodied cup of coffee. KitchenAid. Life tastes better with coffee. You're listening to The Coffee Podcast, where focus is people and our language is coffee. My name is Weston Peterson. And I'm Jesse Hartman. West brings the quality. And Jesse brings the cafe. Some of you caught us last week on our introductory episode to our new revamped homebrew series, because we messed up the first one, let's be real. We talked about where you should start at home and what might be helpful for you to use while following our series. You can also submit a picture of your coffee stack on Instagram, be entered into the homebrew giveaway, and we will submit you into the giveaway at the end of the series. The winner will be chosen at random. Tag at the coffee podcast on the photo of your stack in order to be entered into the contest. So far we have EC Fleming and Ryan P. Baker. So the, the series will go for, I don't know, what do we got? Like five, six episodes at least with yeah. a few interruptions with things like interviews, for example, today. But uh, next week we will be tackling extraction part one and we'd love to have you send a a brew recipe that you have at home. Uh, We could try it on the show for you. If you submit your brew recipe, you can do it through our website at thecoffeepodcast.org or via Instagram at thecoffeepodcast. Now on to today. Today we have a special guest from our backyard in Austin, Texas. I would like to introduce to you coffee trader Jay Morales. My name is Jay Morales. I am a trader at Serengeti Trading. And uh, yeah, I buy and sell coffee. And I also am uh, the main contact for uh, a Rainforest Alliance certification at Serengeti. And I kind of run the audits and all that kind of stuff. In addition to buying and selling coffee. Yeah. Now, um, Tell our listeners, how did you find yourself getting involved into coffee trading? That seems like a pretty, um, you know, a specific part of the industry that uh, is not often talked about. So tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in the trading yeah, position. Yeah, I guess you could say we we uh, fly under the radar a little bit. And uh, it's the age-old adage of I kind of fell into it. Uh, (laughs) I was doing a different job at Serengeti, uh, mainly in the day-to-day operations, logistics, kind of just, you know, Serengeti's a small company, so we wear a lot of hats, and I I did a lot of, uh, you know, stuff for clients and as well for Serengeti, and just kind of got to know our biz and our people and you know, our suppliers and I, you know, this, this business is relationships 100%. So, uh, the more relationships you build, uh, the more, more kind of opportunities you have. And that's kind of what happened to me. And I, I, I literally worked myself out of a job. I was just so busy 
and uh, it just kind of came natural uh, when I started getting my own clients and you know that kind of stuff. So, and then it really took off from there uh, once we hired you know a new person to kind of take over for me, and I was able to focus full time on trading. And yeah, I've I've come up under uh, under my boss, you know, the CEO and owner of Serengeti Trading, Bert. And you know he's a uh, he's been in the industry for almost thirty years, so yeah. I, I got a pretty good mentor too. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of luck and a, a lot of hard work for sure. Now, how long have you been trading coffee? I've been trading coffee probably for about three years, or maybe a, a, a right around there, right around three years. Yeah. Uh, so and I've been at Serengeti for almost or a little over six years now. So in just in three short years. You worked yourself into this uh, trading position by getting to know people and uh, and building that client base. That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's kind of funny. You know, coffee is very universal. Everybody around the world drinks it. But when you get into this industry uh, and, you, like I said, build those relationships, you will find uh, that it's a very small world. Everybody knows everybody and, you know, you always see the same people at the – at the summits and the conferences and so you know it's it's a small world it's a big it's a big industry but it's a small world (laughs) for sure so how did you find yourself and uh you know with the role of the rfa certifications how did that Um, that's that's very interesting in fact that's what i think is going to be most of our conversation here today is focused on these certifications so could you tell us a little bit about RFA and um, and what you do with that? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, uh, Rainforest Alliance is definitely an up and coming uh, certification, and uh, they're really trying to kind of ramp up uh, participation and kind of recognition. And so, uh, we've always had, you know, we, we of course we we we're, we're aligned with Fair Trade and. You know, UTS and all these other certifications and our uh, RA as well. And uh, however, they initiated a new program to kind of more closely monitor uh, what's called the chain of command, the COC. So it, it kind of follows it. it, it, it you're, it's called traceability. You know, that's the name of the game. Sure. And so you're able to follow the coffee from the producer to the roaster. Uh, and so they initiated a new program called Chain of Command, and uh, I was kind of just picked as the uh, the guinea pig to take over that because you know the vice president already had you know her hands full with you know fair trade and those audits and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I kind of stepped up to the plate to take over uh, Rainforest Alliance. Also, just because that's something that Serengeti really has gotten behind and kind of something that we believe in and Serengeti does themselves. Uh, is a, a lot a, a lot of the same objectives that Rainforest Alliance uh, tries to accomplish. So uh, that was another reason why I was readily happy to kind of take that on. Um, and it was a little tough, I would say. There was a lot of paperwork and a, and a lot of uh, kind of hoops to jump through, and you know, of course, you know, fees and all that kind of stuff, membership fees and tra- you know, transferring certificates from you know, producers to roasters and making sure that we're all current. Uh, but it's kind of a part of the bigger picture and it really helps, you know, and, and you can see it's visible, there's visible changes and visible improvements, uh, 
you know, to these these workers' lives, the communities that they're they they live in, and all that kind of stuff. So, so uh, it was really exciting. Awesome, yeah. And and I think just to ask a question on behalf of maybe you know the everyday coffee drinkers, so say people who just like step into coffee shops and enjoy coffee, how would you explain? Uh, the RFA to to those people, uh, people who might be listening to this episode. Uh, well, I would say that uh, it's everywhere, and uh, what you're, I guess, what you're looking for is the Green Frog logo, and I guess also what you can kind of feel good about, or kind of what you, what you, what the average person would want to know is that. The this certification not only benefits the worker, but like I said, the community. It makes sure that the, their their families have access to education, uh, healthcare. Uh, it also diversifies the crops that grow on, on these you know farms, and uh, it it helps out tourism. And I mean, it's just honestly, it's it's a it's a remedy for a lot of the the bad things that that go on in, in some of these developing countries that you know are, produce some of the best coffee in the world <laughs> sure sure so um so how does serengeti specifically uh you know invest in rainforest alliance i mean are we is uh, is serengeti paying a, a premium I mean, oh yeah 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 tell us a totally. bit about about that whole thing and, and how it works as far as uh, uh totally price well for, for, for the coffee yeah yeah. So uh, again, it's it's from top to bottom. Uh, this is this this certification really kind of goes through, right? And and uh, basically, there, of course, there's a premium, right, to buy Rainforest Alliance certified coffee, uh, and there's also membership fees that all the importers and shippers and producers all pay into, uh, and that that kind of pays for the audits and for these people to kind of this, this certifying body RA, you know, rainforest Alliance to kind of keep up the standards and make sure that they're keep, they keep improving and, and all that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely money that changes hands, uh, in order to kind of push these positive improvements, you know, and yes, Serengeti is is deeply invested. You know, some of our biggest clients, uh, are basically, 100% 100% Rainforest Alliance exclusive coffee, you know, because yeah. they understand, you know, the impact that they're having, you know, so it's, 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 it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Very cool. So there's going to be a lot of questions and I, and I imagine people who are listening to this episode are familiar with other certifications that they might see in a coffee bag. And my question out of that would be, you know, why would somebody want to buy Rainforest Alliance over say like a fair trade coffee? Um, if you don't mind kind of unraveling that just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody has their personal preference, you know, on everything, you know, from the clothes they wear to the coffee they drink. And, you know, my personal preference is definitely Rainforest Alliance because of, you know, kind of the things I mentioned. Not only are they kind of very fluid and, and adaptable and kind of, you know, just – they are responding to the needs of these people in real time. And that's so rare, you know, especially from these slow moving, you know, you think of people like Congress and whatnot, you know, it takes three years to get anything done, you know, and by that time people have been voted out and all that. So it's just, it's just a bunch of red tape, right? And Rainforest Alliance really, in my opinion, 
uh, is the best at cutting through all that. I mean, a great example is when they first rolled out that chain of command program, it was a very rigorous audit. I mean, it was, it was tough. And, and for people like Serengeti, I mean, we're not touching any of this coffee. This is, this is all being handled by the roasters and the producers and the warehouses. And we're just kind of facilitating all this. And, and, but I mean, we did our due diligence and we did our, uh, we did what we were asked and all that. And, and, um, even though we were like, wow, this is a little bit, you know, kind of invasive. And <laughs> then, very, you know, a couple of years later, they, you know, Rainforest Alliance were like, hey, we've actually reevaluated you guys. We, we took a, like a, this thing called a CRA, uh, Certification Risk Assessment or something like that. And it, it, it kind of determined like, hey, you guys are actually super low risk. We can actually lift a lot of the requirements that we're imposing on you. And, you know, we'll actually, you know, it's it, it just streamlines everything. And, you know, when I when I went to Costa Rica, uh, they were talking about it was a Rainforest Alliance certified farm that we went to. And they were talking about how uh, in the beginning when they first got certified, there was a lot of these really superficial requirements that they had that didn't really make sense with the area they were in and it, it just it kind of clashed a little bit and they were like well you know we, we kind of want to get on board with this but again they responded to the complaints they responded to you know the right. the people that they're trying to help and and kind of reconfigured some of the requirements to kind of you know you know include crops that you know would grow easier there or whatever it may be you know so it, in my mind they they are the epitome of what you would what you would want in an organization that is strictly there to help people you know because yeah. they're yeah, they they're sound, smart they're fast they're they they got their stuff together <laughs> yeah and they they sound people focused there's so many organizations out there that you know they have that label of like yeah we're out to help people but then you run into all those barriers of red tape as you kind of said and then you yeah. have organizations like I'm, I'm getting from what you're saying, where it's like they're actually responding to, to people's um, curiosities and people's uh, worries about you know certain things, in the RFA. And totally. Think, yeah, that's a very telling sign, of what a company's actually after. Yeah, and and I mean you know you mentioned, uh, fair trade, right? You're like, why? What, what makes this better than fair? Why would you pick this over fair trade? And I, I would say that, you know, one of the, one of the main flaws. In my opinion, my I M H O, right? In my humble opinion, <laughs> of uh, fair trade is they're they're so singularly focused on one thing, which is wages, which is you know wages of workers, and everything is very black and white, and and it, there's a bunch of like, well, in theory, blah, this should blah blah blah, you know what I'm saying? So it's there's a lot of a, a lot of more red tape as well, and, and I don't feel like they are responding to the things that are happening in real time you know it's it's kind of in a perfect world type of settings and whatnot and, and rainforest alliance is more real life it's more you know they're like i said they're adaptable and they are serious about helping not only the people and making sure they get good wages and all that but the environment and the community that they're in and that's really what you need it's not you know trying to think of you know a, a mentality like you know the U.S. kind of has, where we're, we kind of go in there and to a different country, and we're like, "We'll we'll fix it, no worries." And it's like, no, you kind of need the community to fix itself. You know, yeah. you kind of need to facilitate. You can't go in there and try and fix it. You need 
to empower the people that are already there. And Absolutely. to me, Rainforest yeah. Alliance kind of champions that message. Uh, and, you know, it's not a knock on fair trade. I mean, I mean, sure, you know, they've had a few missteps, uh, but, you know, they're, they've, they kind of, they're kind of the ones that started this whole thing. So they're, I know their heart's in the right place. <laughs> right. But right. I think Rainforest Alliance is just much more efficient. And, and again, they, they focus on different things. It's, it's, you can't, it's kind of, it's almost apples and oranges, but, uh, you know, if there's something I can get behind, it's, it's definitely Rainforest Alliance. I really believe in that, and I'm, I'm really glad that I'm a part of it. So if you were to summarize the difference between RFA and fair trade, what would RFA's full focus be on, and what would fair trade? I know you said, um, you know, RFA is community focused and it right. you know, helps that's, the environment. Totally, that, that, that's that's definitely the main difference. It's, Rainforest Alliance is community focused. It wants to empower not just the people, but also the environment. Also, you know, yeah. you know, it, you take you take the <laughs> diversification of crops requirement, right? And you think, oh, well, that's you know. That's just to make it look prettier. Oh, well, you know, it's it's literally to help the soil right. stay kind of fresh and, and yeah, and and also, you know, coffee season. It's not Brazil and Colombia where they got a bumper crop and you know basically there's workers all year. You know, in a lot of these coffee producing countries, there's one season and that's it. Right. So yeah. if you're just producing coffee, the workers are there for a little while, a few months, five months, whatever. And then that's it. There's no more work. So if you kind of plant different things, not only does it help the soil it, so you don't decimate it, you know, and, and make it un, uh, you know, usable, perhaps. growable. Yeah. Use, unusable. It, 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 you know, it helps the environment. It keeps people employed. You know, just the coffee farm that we were at, you know, it, one of, yeah, in Costa Rica, one of the main focuses of, uh, of Rainforest Alliance farms is access to education and healthcare. So this coffee farm in Costa Rica, which is actually on, it's kind of in a remote area. It's not on the south, you know, the southern part of Costa Rica where most of the farms are close to the Pacific. This is actually closer to the Atlantic side where they're kind of, again, this is an innovative coffee farm. They're doing brand new things with grafting and Oh, wow. Kind of stuff, stuff that's a little bit t more taboo, you might yeah. say, in a traditionalist type of industry like coffee, you know, that's mm. so old. So, yeah, they're doing all this cool stuff over there. But one of the coolest things that I thought was that they're, they're so focused on education that they have, uh, I think they said 1,200 kids that live on the farm. I mean, you have to remember these farms are in the remote mountains so i mean they have to have everything there they have to have schools they have to have hospitals they have to right. have stores all, all that kind of stuff's got to be on the mountain they're little towns yeah and so they have over 1200 kids on this mountain right that are children of the workers and everybody that kind of forms this community and they have a one-to-one -one ratio uh laptop to kid ratio wow. uh, on this farm that's so amazing isn't that crazy i yeah. mean it's and, and and all of this is kind of Part, you know, through certifications like Rainforest Alliance and you know, and Fair Trade and all those guys, you know, everybody. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want to knock anybody. Everybody's heart's in the right place. It's, you know, it's just what you believe in and what's important to you. You know, so that, that everybody's free to make their own choice, and that's why we have different. You know, that's why we have UTS and Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance and all those kind of things. You know, because everybody needs to do their part to pitch in. So sure. That's amazing, man. I mean, just listening to 
all the work that RFA is putting into the farm and how they're actually listening to these farmers and the communities and, and helping out with their needs specifically, you know, unique to that area is amazing. I mean, I think that's that's awesome. Now, uh, on with fair trade, you said something about their focus being more gauged towards wages. Could you go into a little bit about that? How like how is fair trade, um, you know, more focused towards that, and and how does that affect their areas, and and is it are they doing their job well? Uh, I think that you know fair trade is like I said more singularly focused on wages and making sure that the worker gets paid a fair wage. For the job that they do, because they understand that, you know, some some of the hardest work is done by the, the poorest people. You know, that's just a, that's just how the world works. You know, and so mm-hmm. they kind of recognize that. They see that there's, you know, a huge opportunity for, you know, people to take advantage. So they kind of stepped in and and uh, they want to they want to make sure that the worker, the farm worker, is getting paid a fair wage. And the way they do that is they impose minimums. Uh, on coffees that they sell, uh, that you know, when a when a producer gets fair trade certified, they they have they they're allotted a certain amount of coffee that they can sell as fair trade, and this coffee has to be priced, you know, at a, a you know a certain price. You know, there's there's a there's minimums for fair trade, and there's also a minimum for fair trade organic, and that is supposedly you know like no matter where the market is, right? Because that's where usually coffee is traded you know, against, right. you know, these, these levels that they've implemented benefit the worker. Now, in theory, that all, that sounds like a perfect kind of match, but when you kind of break it down, it, it they really differentiate between types of workers, you know, so they have a smallholder worker, which is, you know, somebody that has maybe less than a, a hectare of, of coffee that is kind of a cog in the machine, right? That is providing coffee, but not doesn't have, you know, 800 hectares, you know, or something like that. And then there's the the farm worker that works for like a co-op or you know what you would you know what you would call it an employer, right? Like has a job and 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 whatnot. And so it, it kind of even though like in the real world it doesn't really matter it what the worker does, you know, who the worker is. They're they're just going to do whatever's available. So the farm worker might also get contracted by the guy that has the the one hectare of of coffee. So he's so it's like they're differentiating between those two types of jobs, but it's the same guy, right. you know. So right. it, there's just there's just a lot of pitfalls, and and there was a really ugly article that came out a couple of years ago that that these guys in uh, in the UK actually did four years of intensive studies and you know observations and kind of you know, really, you know, kind of held them accountable for some of the mistakes that they saw and some of the, some of the things that were going on. And so they've, and, and fair trade has responded, you know, by kind of, uh, implementing changes and, you know, communicating that they recognize some of the things that they missed before, you know, and, and so they're, they're also, you know, albeit a little bit, you know, it's a, it's a much bigger organization too so that that's also what kind of contributes to the red tape and 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 there's a little bit of kind of internal strife right i mean uh, fair trade is now split into two different entities that you now you got to get certified by by flow and fair trade usa so it's uh, you know it, it could be managed a little bit better in 
like again in my humble opinion but what do i know i'm one guy you know that just with an opinion just like everyone else so you know i i can i can see that they're they're making changes and you know they're trying to they're trying to fix some of the mistakes that have been made so can't knock them for that <laughs> right absolutely yeah i can't so um I guess from from this point we're gonna kind of jump out of uh, the fair trade discussion. Uh, are you cool with that, Wes? Oh sure, yeah. And we're just gonna jump into a little more of the trade side of things. Um, if you don't mind, just giving us some insight on uh, a lot of people on the you know um, coffee shop side of things don't know what a trader does. Um, and I know that's like quite generic. That's quite like a broad like, hey, what do you do? <laughs> but if if you don't mind, like, just kind of explaining, like, maybe you would to a barista behind a behind a bar. Like, what does a coffee trader do uh, as opposed to maybe different parts of the coffee industry? Well, I got to say, we, you guys, you know, or not you guys, but baristas and, you know, the roasters, you guys are the people that make the world go around, the coffee world go around. You know, we're, this is going to be a lesson in self-deprecation here. <laughs> uh, a coffee trader is, is a huge middleman and a huge kind of... He's important, but he, you know, you guys are the ones that make the world go around. You guys are the ones that make that magic in the roaster and, and make it, you know, in, in the espresso, which I love. Yeah. So it's like we're, we're just kind of, uh, you know, we're another cog in the machine, you know. So what, what I do and what coffee traders do is kind of, you know, we source coffee. So, and, and you know, I, it's kind of one of those, in my opinion, you know, maybe in 20 or 30 years, it might be a dying profession, right? Because, so many of these roasters and whatnot, they're they're going direct now. They don't want to they don't want to go through a middleman. They they want to they want to feel the story themselves. They want to see it for themselves and they want to be able to communicate that to their customers, which is great, you know. So that's why, you know, I work for an importer. So, you know, not only do I buy and sell coffee, but we import the coffee as well. So that that's where we're gonna get saved, right? Is because when the the, the coffee industry goes to one hundred percent direct trade and you know, which the you farmers believe, which you believe are, will happen in the future. Oh yeah, I mean we're 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 well on our way there. You okay. know, we're right. we're we're on the way there, and and I think that's what people want. I mean, that's what the coffee drinker wants. They want to be staring that farmer in the face, and they want to say, "Man, thank you for this." You know, they don't yeah. want to stare at a middleman like me with a, you know, and you know that with a, you know, I'm not that interesting. You know, <laughs> <laughs> these yeah, coffee yeah. farmers are way more interesting than I am. So, uh, but like I said, I mean that's where we come in as importers because. You know, you still need to jump through those hoops to bring coffee into the states. You know, it's it's not easy, and it's not cheap. <laughs> so, you know, we we have not only do we have certifications that help farmers and producers, you know, like Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance and all that, but uh, we're also you know certified on you know the logistical side of things as far as being a preferred kind of importer, right? Like we. We've been checked out by ICE and the NSA and all those guys, and we have a special certification that kind of, it's almost like the TSA check-in, right? You know, that lets you go through security yeah, undisturbed because they've already kind of, you know, checked your whole record and all that, and you're, you're, you're a stand-up guy, supposedly. So you just walk right through. That's what we have as far as uh, importing containers go. So we get flagged a lot less, you know, for... FDA and customs exams, which I mean, believe me, there's, those are expensive. Those are thousands of dollars. So uh, it really, it really helps in, in that. And like I said, I mean, being a coffee trader, you really wear a lot of hats. Uh, to I mean, and you got to adapt, you know, if you want to be successful anyway, because <laughs> coffee yeah. is changing. 
coffee is a changing. That, that, yeah, that's actually that's a really interesting point to make. That you know, it's something we kind of talk about on the podcast that coffee is kind of going in a direction. Right. Um, but you say coffee is a changing, which I think is <laughs> a good way of putting it. Yeah. But how how would you say um, you've seen coffee change in the last, you know, however many years you've been you've been doing what you're doing? Like, what what is the biggest change that you've noticed? Well, you know, it, it's it's really that these producers and and these uh these coffee farmers are just way more visible and i don't know if that's technology or it's got to be a combination of everything right but uh i just i just really feel that it's everything's way more accessible for them it's not just the 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 big roasters right like folgers and and uh craft right it's not just those guys that are going down to the farms and seeing you know a huge kind of a co-op right that's a big you know commercial commercially agricultural farm and it's all there's a bunch of big machines just like you'd see here you know in the states you've got these little guys that you know they're roasting you know a container per year yeah but they want to just they want to get the best coffee so they go by themselves into these remote areas and they're just they're just adventurous man And, and again i think technology has helped out a lot with that is now that you know these guys in Colombia, in Costa Rica, in Honduras. They're they're online. They're on social media. So now they can kind of advertise their brand, and and that's another big thing. Ecotourism. You know, it's the regular coffee drinker wants to go see a farm. You know, so they yeah. kind of hold tours and, and all that kind of stuff. So I, I really think the the producer is way more visible, and and uh, with that, the regular coffee drinker wants uh, to know a little bit more about their story. So it's everybody's kind of coming closer together and again all the middlemen that were you know back in the old days making money off all that they're they now kind of have to having to adapt and wear a few different hats and all that kind of stuff so it's it's exciting and you know it's a little scary for sure but (laughs) what's the what's the world without a little bit of fear so there you go agreed man jay that is awesome i mean uh, you've got quite a bit of insightful knowledge on certifications, and I'm sure our listeners are going to love to listen and re-listen to this episode as you <laughs> jammed it packed full of, of great stuff to listen to. Um, we're actually running you know, into the closing bill here. We, uh, we've got just a round of short shot questions just to kind of lighten the mood and, uh, and you know, get the listener to know a little bit about Jay Morales. So here's the nice. first one: is uh, <laughs> what would you finally taking me off the grill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're off the heat now. You're off the heat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what is your most memorable coffee experience? Oh, that's easy. That's the first time I went to a coffee farm uh, in El Estado Nayarit in Mexico. Uh, it was amazing. It, it, this was an all organic coffee farm. So, and, and not only that, but it was you know, over a hundred years old. So wow. it wasn't the normal, you know, sometimes when you go to, uh, like I said, again, a more commercial coffee farm, you see all the hectares kind of perfectly placed and all the trees are in straight lines and there's a line of workers going, you know, it wasn't like that. It wasn't so like commercial like that. This farm was different. You kind of, when you were walking through on, on the tour that they gave us, you could tell where the trails were, where the kind of, where the worker, the pickers were walking through but there was no like grid or any, and all the trees were just kind of randomly put there. And again, it was, ah, it was amazing. It was like walking through a forest that hadn't been touched in, you know, a hundred years. Wow. And it, it was really cool. 
Uh, and that was the first coffee farm I ever visited. So I guess I got a little lucky there. Spoiled <laughs> on the first round. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, here's another question then. Uh, what is the number one best piece of advice you've ever received, ever? Oh, man. Uh, I, I mean, coffee-wise, definitely from Bert. Again, I got to shout him out. He once told me, uh, and this is kind of more on the trade side of things, uh, and it's a famous saying. It's it's It goes... You know, bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. And there's kind of a joke about the farm when you're trading any commodity. You know, a bull is somebody that thinks that has a positive outlook on something that thinks that the market is going to rise on that one thing. Right. A bear. And that derives from a bull when it attacks it, it thrusts it horn, its horns up upward. Right. So that's what the, that comes from. A bear is someone that has a pessimistic view on a on a on an item that thinks it's going to go down, and when a bear attacks, it claws down, right? So that's where that kind of comes from. A chicken is somebody that's scared to lose everything, right? <laughs> Sounds they, like myself. They, yeah. they 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 never they never want to take any risk, and so they make money sometimes, but not not as much as bulls and bears. And a pig is somebody that is just greedy and wants to make the fast buck and wants to get that trade that's going to net them the most money in the shortest amount of time. And those guys, they get emotional when it doesn't go their way. They get impatient, and they tend to lose money all the time. So, And, and what he was telling me was that you know you got to stay competitive. you got to stay in the game when you're selling coffee and when you're buying coffee. You can't be lowballing. You can't be gouging because – you know, this is a relationship business and that's a good way to lose relationships, you know, mm. and, and to kind of, kind of hurt your reputation. So you just got to roll with the punches and, you know, be fair and keep, keep the honest honest. So, you know, I work for a guy and a company that in all just has really high integrity. And so it's, uh, it's, I'm very lucky. <laughs> that's awesome. Jay, thank you so much for coming on the show. We've loved having you and uh, hope to reach out to you again soon. Yeah, we'll definitely have some more questions for you in the future. Dude, this was so fun. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, you, you make me feel a little bit important, like I'm doing like I'm doing something a little bit interesting. You're so not it's, just uh, the middleman to us, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> that, touched, that touched my heart. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks. See you guys. You're listening to The Coffee Podcast, where focus is people and your language is coffee. We hope you all have a good rest of your week and feel free to reach out. We'd love to get in touch. Happy brewing.